Did you pre-plan any jokes? You know what, Matt? I actually did this time. <laughs> this is the part of the show where I actually have prepared jokes. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. You've probably heard some of these. You might have heard some of these before. Um, Give me your best one. What do you call a factory that sells passable products? A satisfactory. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's the one. Thank you, Graham. Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. My pleasure. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matt. And I'm Graham. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about Mass Effect 3, the final game in the original Mass Effect trilogy. I'm excited. Yes, it's a, it's a heck of a game. Wouldn't you agree, Graham? Oh, yeah. It's really big. It's got, like, this a very large scope. And I don't think that can be understated like uh even even just like you know it's large in the sense that it takes a long time to play there's so much to it but there's also so much that you can miss or not see at all based on you know your choices from previous games so i'm wondering if or it'll be interesting to see if we have anything uh any completely completely different scenarios from one another mm-hmm. but um oh, overall graham uh I guess what what did you think of the game? Overall, I really enjoyed it. It uh um it at first I wasn't super sure because I got hit I got the complete edition which had all the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um and it hits you with all of the DLC weapons right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um and so the first few hours was very overwhelming. Mm. But uh once I got into the groove a little bit um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it went all sorts of different places, and um, yeah, there's just so so much cool stuff. I wrote like two full pages of notes on it. Wow, that's 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 impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've always had this thought in my mind that Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three are pretty similar. Um, when actually, I think they're quite stark in some in some ways like stark differences in some ways um the the biggest one being the tone mm-hmm. um i don't quite recall mass effect 3 being so um dark in its tone but it, it, it is quite dark um and depressing throughout uh so i don't know if we want to just hit things at random but uh where do you where do you want to start with this one yeah we could talk about the tone like difference between it and mass effect 2 I had likened Mass Effect 2 to being kind of like an Ocean's Eleven kind of feel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you're planning a big heist. Well, it wasn't a heist. It was a suicide mission, mission but yeah. you were gathering your squad and trying to you know, like just get as prepared as you possibly can to do this deadly mission. Mm-hmm. And But there was a sense of... There was a sense of, oh, it's a suicide mission. We're probably not going to all come out of it. But mm-hmm. it was a much lighter toned game. Um, and I and I think that's because the, the the game itself is not about necessarily the mission. You know, the, the main plot is very 
bare bones. What Mass Effect 2 is, you know, is is about the characters, and that's what makes it light. You know, um, the the danger is not until the very end. Yeah. Whereas with Mass Effect 3, um, right out the gate, uh, the danger is there, and um, and and you're always like surrounded by that, and and the characters are also like just surrounded by that as well right so each one of them is having the reaction to what's going on around them and even their persona or the way they act is is darker just at the start so mm-hmm. well and i um, think uh, i think it interesting because they don't introduce too many new characters um and i i can kind of see that as because they've done this super character heavy set up in the second one they don't need to they can focus on just the plot we already know the characters mm-hmm. my my one i wish they would have done more with the mass effect 2 squad mates um i do find that a lot of them were probably underutilized um at least in the base game um we'll talk a little bit later about the citadel dlc and what that adds to it but I think uh, just in what is there originally, some of the characters don't really get the the due they deserve, or at least it's not equal. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Um, I I'd argue that they actually get a pretty good shake because, like you think, I can remember what all of them did in Mass Effect Three, mm-hmm. like Samara and the. The Artagyashi mm-hmm. um, place and Miranda and Sanctuary and then Morden at Kachanka and like I can remember all of and like Fane's sacrifice all that stuff see um, yeah I think some of them definitely have bigger chunks of the pie than others though and I would have preferred them all to have a bit larger chunk like certainly the Grunt mission's memorable Samara mission is memorable um jack's mission is memorable but those are kind of like side quests really in, in essence yeah compared comparatively to like morton right who is a i would say one of the main characters of the game even so um certainly some are used well others i kind of wish were just used more um and 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 more of that is tied into uh like the my thoughts on the the final section of the game um, but I kind of felt like with some of the other characters, like your Grunt or your Jack, um, or even your Jacobs, it's kind of like, oh, they're just in your war assets and, and that's, that's it after their main session. But, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still had good interactions with those characters. I just kind of wish some of those characters were used a little bit more, but I agree. Thane, Miranda, Morden all used very well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and and power to them because uh, I mean they have so many variables to work with. They had to have substitute characters for each of those characters. Um, yeah. You know, if they died, right? So uh, and 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 kind of get the same emotional connection, if you will. It would be a very different game if you let majority of them die. Mm-hmm. At least that would be what I would think. 
Yeah, because all of my characters survived, so. Yeah, I was just missing Tally, and we'll get to that later. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our Ranok discussion, Graham. Ranok, Ranok. <laughs> That's the Quarian homeworld. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. So um, what did you think of, of, of the opening? The opening, I... It was definitely strong. Like, it was... I was a little bit... Like I said, I was overwhelmed at first. Because it's like, okay, you have 31 level ups now. Um, because it carries over from the previous game. And actually, mm-hmm. one neat thing that I noticed is that it actually carried over um, which uh, which abilities you had put points into. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was just so cool. But the... The tone of the opening was definite. I liked it. It was, it was strong. It was dark. It gave. It pretty much gave the emotional grounding for the plot. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I like that the Reaper threat was immediate. Um, that it hit everyone by surprise. Um, because I don't think it's, I no, I think it it is stated very well in the game how just immense they are and how overwhelming they are right um and you know <laughs> um even just that first scene with shepherd and, and the admirals they're just like what do we do and it's kind of like well you're you're too late you know we basically shepherd says can say that basically you should listen to me and but before you could even do that you know the reapers are there mm-hmm. so it kind of just shows you like even from the get-go uh, you're you're way behind. Yeah, no, it was it was good. Yeah, no, it's uh, it 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 was good. Um, what did you think of like the immediate mission to Mars afterwards? It kind of made me think. Oh, okay, this is a much more linear game. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, and it was good because it it set up the plot with it brought Liara back and the elusive man is now your enemy. Um, oh, I guess that's one thing. The opening is just kind of like, oh, okay, now the elusive we're not with Cerberus and the elusive man's um, no longer on our side. It was all kind of sudden. Yeah, there's not really any exposition to like you have it's hinted or mentioned in passing kind of that you get brought in by the alliance and your ship's locked up and you're under court martial type thing Mm -hmm, for destroying the batarian homeworlds see for you that was it but for me i didn't do that right okay so So what was that they just say all the stuff you've pulled like you know (laughs) that's basically it they just i mean it's kind of implied your actions with cerberus Okay. Um, and it's it's also I I took it under the impression that Shepard gave himself up. Um. After he was done with Cerberus. Okay. That's that's kind of what I gathered from uh, conversations with the squad mates, um, because like they all said their goodbyes before, like Shepard said goodbye to everybody and let them leave before he brought the Normandy back in. Okay. If I if I remember correctly. But I know if you know if you've done the arrival DLC, they they directly mention the uh, incident with with the Batarians as part of the reason you're in such big doo doo. 
Yeah, because Hackett shows up at the end of the Arrival DLC and tells you that things are going to be okay and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's neat. Yeah, um, in my game, like, that that did happen. Like, that incident happened, but it was a special ops squad that did it. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Mm Mm-hmm. It is... It's really cool to see how they do change little things. And from like a game design stance, they're not like, I, I hesitate to say that they're, they're not difficult because game does really, really ridiculously difficult, but they're more of like, okay, if they didn't do this, then it's just this other thing, like the Batarians or it's a special ops thing. They have kind of, fallbacks for every single choice that you could make and i why i think i have i think that the most impressive thing is how much there is that is tracked um Mm -hmm. between between the three games um like even all the the random collectibles in the first game like the matriarch writings the turian signs the minerals all that there's a there's a character on the citadel you can give him all the information and accounts as war assets. So like they tracked that through two other games and, and gave it a payoff. Wow. Um, which is really, uh, it's, it's kind of incredible in a way that they, I, I don't know if they had the foresight. I don't know how easy it is to do to go back to those old games and say, or, or with those old games and say, okay, I, I'm going to need to have the, the second game check off all these things you know all these scenarios which Mm -hmm. did or did not happen you know this quest wasn't completed this was and then take the information into two use some of it but still then transfer it onto three with even more um it's kind of incredible for sure yeah it's quite a feat Mm -hmm. Mm. so um what did you think of 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 cerberus as um kind of taking over as the main antagonist of the game i thought it was weird at first like it felt kind of okay service was evil in the first game and then good in the second and then evil again in the third Mm -hmm. but as the plot progressed and i could especially toward the end when i could see it's why are we fighting each other we should be fighting the reapers um and it's that, which is one of the kind of ideas throughout the entire game. One of the themes is why are, why are we fighting each other? We should be fighting the Reapers. Reapers, yeah. Um, yeah. See, this is one of those issues that caused a lot of controversy when the game first came out. Um, is just the role that Cerberus plays. Because um, Cerberus basically is, is, in this game, a full military organization when in mass effect 2 and 1 they were never that you know they were never because like it's i mean they, they're basically another alliance basically mass effect 3 in terms of scope and military power yeah they um, have a lot of resources they're everywhere but, exactly um but in you know in mass effect 2 mass effect 1 they're more small scale like even the mount spent spent to bring shepherd back is seen as being you know ridiculously expensive um and and sapping all of cerberus's resources but in the third game now they're this huge entity with 
you know, fleets and admirals and soldiers galore. And um, I do kind of feel that it took away from the the Reapers who should have been the main antagonist. I feel like the game ended up with no real main antagonist. No. Well, I guess the Elusive Man would be the main antagonist. In, like That would kind of be the only option. But if If you had... I think if you had to say there was one, I like I don't know if that I would agree with your statement. I maybe if I was like, okay, who's the main antagonist? I have to say him because he's the only personality. Um, whereas like, and one you have Saren, right? Mm-hmm. Saren's very clearly the main antagonist. Two, even two, it's kind of like well, there's the collectors and Harbinger a little bit, so they kind of serve as your antagonist, and I think that works just well. Um, kind of the unknown threat. But in three, there's no personality of um, for the Reapers, no. you know, as as a as an antagonist. So you have no direct interaction with the Reapers, um, you know, on a, on a conflict level as far as you know uh, dialogue or or intellectual conflict, rather than just physical conflict. Um, and so I feel like. That's why they made Cerberus as, as powerful as they did to give you that sense of, you know, having that somebody to convince at the end of the game, and yeah. then also to to give some variation to the enemy types, because otherwise then you'd just be fighting Reapers. Yeah, true. Um, and I, not that I I don't really agree with that. I think it was probably the the wrong step um but that's kind of my my feelings behind it because mm-hmm. uh, just me i would have preferred they they had focused more on the reapers than they did with cerberus yeah i guess the service did constantly kind of feel like a bit of a distraction mm-hmm. which it, kind of served the plot but also meant that the issues with not having a real face for the reapers and like um like some of their things you know they, they did matter I, I i um i think the stuff with sanctuary and miranda and then on Thessia and kind of afterwards that kind of works out nice and well what really kind of boggles my mind is the whole uh citadel takeover oh yeah in the first at the end of the first act um because it's never really explained what they were trying to do. Um, hmm. Kind of, if you really think about it, right? Because uh, it's it's supposed to be a coup so that Odina can use the fleet, can kill the council to use the fleet to attack Earth. But why does Cerberus want that? There's yeah. no reason for Cerberus to go along with that plot, really. Cerberus was trying to, Cerberus was trying to assassinate the other council leaders. So that Udina would be the counselor. He, yeah, because because Cerberus's motives are let's control the Reapers. That's their motive. And so I don't see how you know them ki- killing the council to then take the fight to Earth makes any sense. Like maybe that's Udina's standpoint. But we're never we're never told or referenced by Cerberus at all what their intentions were with the Citadel. Yeah, and why would they need to take the fight to Earth? 
with the Citadel. See, well, exactly. They, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the Citadel attack was really meant to be placed later in the game, when they realized that the Citadel is the catalyst. But they didn't end up doing that, and so they moved it forward. That's the only thing that logically makes sense to me for that, for that section. I guess, or to establish um, Cerberus as a threat. Yeah, and, and maybe to build up Kai Lang as a bit of an antagonist, True. I suppose. Because that's the first time you, you really meet him. Uh, it just, I always find it found it to be a little confusing. Um, mm. or, or at least uh, unclear as to the real purpose. Um, like, Udina's motivations i understand it's cerberus's i don't understand um and i don't think are ever um sufficiently explained for that particular section but again with the stuff with sanctuary and, and what they're doing there and with thessia i don't really have issue with those instances because those are more we're being secretive and the shadow organization doing weird tests to further our own goals and those goals actually had impact on the story right yeah so mm -hmm. what did you think of uh tuchanka 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 was where i started to really enjoy the game um i i i think i would say tuchanka is probably the highlight of the game in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah i think it's the the cleanest like tuchanka and renok to me are the are the best parts um i i would say tuchanka the whole way it um envelops it's like a 10 out of 10 it, it, they did it perfectly in my opinion it was really i really loved how what what mass effect does well and especially does well in this game is it paints a certain picture a certain stereotype and then turns it on its head Mm -hmm. So you've got the Krogan, these war warrior species, and they're war-torn planets, all desert, and then you come across these beautiful ruins. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, wait, but they were always angry. But it, it kind of throws a wrench in the mix. You think, okay, well, it made me think, oh, well, maybe this isn't, maybe it is okay to cure the genophage. Um. Yeah, and then see it's 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 interesting because I mean this game kind of gives you reliable unreliable narr narrators in the okay. sense that um with this instance it's Rex and Eve and and with the Geth it's it's Legion you you trust the people telling you the story but there's no way really to know if they're actually telling you the truth more so with the geth i'll give you that but with this even it's like you see the the artwork in the old temples and you see art and you see you know um culture old, old culture right old old tuchanka and and i think like they're obviously trying to spin it as you know we can go back to that um mm -hmm. but i think I think what they're really trying to do is is probe the mind of the player to think, well, can they really go back to that? 
you yeah. know, um, is this is this the future for the Krogan or is or is this just the past, you know, and the past is gone. Hmm. Um, and I think that's more kind of what you're saying, right? They're trying to rather than to say, oh, the the genophage made sense and uh, Krogan are evil. It's well, the genophage did make sense and they are very violent. But what if we can can change them or what if they can change? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, and and there's lots of different ways to chunk Tuchanka can play out um, depending on on previous choices. So uh, why don't you tell me how your experience with Tuchanka was? So for me, it was um, I had rescued Eve and then I decided to reveal the plot that um, it was, what was it, rigged to explode or something? Uh, I can't remember. Or it was rigged to fail. Yes, if certain things weren't met. Yeah, if there was like, there's like a temperature check that they had to bypass or something like that. So Yeah, so I let him know, and then he, Morden eventually sacrificed himself. Okay, and and uh, Eve survived the game, correct? Yes. Okay, um, yeah, so that's like, the, that's the best way it can turn out. Mm-hmm. Um, there are many different ways, well, many, there are a few different ways that can turn out, Um so let me, I'll tell you about what I did. I think we did everything same. We had Rex alive, Morden alive. Um, but the biggest difference between you and I is I destroyed Malon's data, but you preserved it. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. So um, I was not prepared for the way Rex was going to be uh, acting with me uh, in this game. Because in Mass Effect 2, he's Shepard, my friend, and he's really buddy-buddy. Mm-hmm. It's great. And I've only ever um, saved Malin's data before. So this is a new experience for me. And Rex was not happy with me. Oh, yeah? He constantly brought it up. And he constantly was basically uh, untrusting of me. Um, And I have to give them credit. Because this is something I didn't even know existed. Um, Uh... It was actually really touching because what happened was he was really mad about it. And I was like, you know what? I don't really need to explain myself to you. I did what I thought was right at the time. And later on, I, I did decide to reveal the um, the sabotage okay. because I just I decided as the renegade player, I need I just need soldiers. And I don't like that I'm doing this because I thought you, you could talk with Garrus about it. And you're kind of like, well, if it was Earth, or if, if or Gary says if it was Palavin that I was trying to save, I would do it too. Or something like that. Like, I would cure them, even though it's probably not the, the right decision in a normal circumstance. Okay. So I was like, I don't really like this, but I feel like I need to do it in order to, you know, it's, well, if we can even survive the Reapers, we'll worry about it then, type thing. Um, and when I said, you know, this is what the Salarian Dalatras wanted me to do. Rex goes, Shepard, I don't understand you. One second, you destroy Malin's data, and you say it was the right thing that to do, and, and now you just saved my species. And he's like, oh, I guess you're not so bad. I'm like, wow, I didn't know he could say that or that they would even put that in there to, you know, you do one thing that, uh, against the Denophage and one thing for, and, and Rex kind of realizes that as a character. Mm-hmm. Um and then 
skip forward a little bit. Because I destroy the data, um, Eve actually dies. She doesn't survive. Oh, really? So, um, Morden sacrifices himself and all that. And uh, the last scene on Tuchanka is Eve's funeral. Hmm. And after that, um, Rex and Shepard kind of have a moment. And they're talking about the future of the Krogan. And, and Rex says, you know, Shepard, I, I forgive you for destroying the data. I know you were doing what you thought was right at the time. And uh, thank you for what you've done for, for my people. And I'm like, Rex, big guy, I love you so much. <laughs> wow. It was, it, again, it's just taking those, that little extra time to really hammer home that point of Rex isn't happy about what I did. But because of, you know, my, the other choice I've made, he's reconciled with me. And um, that was neat because I've, I've never experienced that before. So that's really neat that's like wow and it was impactful to me as a player right exactly because because i wasn't expecting i was kind of like i just made that choice and i know i knew he was going to die because of it i kind of knew that going forward just because i i play this game a lot but to have rex like attack me over it it was like whoa and then the reconciliation was nice too Mm -hmm. but have you done much much research into the other outcomes of the mission um, the only one I looked into was Tachanka, and then I also looked up the, the other endings. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Yeah. To go over them very briefly, um, if you don't reveal the the plot, you can end up uh, killing Morden, which... Uh, which is terrible. Like, which is terrible. It's really hard to do. Even worse, though, Graham, is if you do that and Rex is alive, later in the game, Rex confronts you at the citadel because he finds out about it and uh you have to shoot him dead really yeah he he, he attacks it's in a cinematic but he attacks you on the citadel and basically you and csec uh shoot him to death and uh the krogan aren't there when you attack earth wow. so it, it could go pretty dark if you do things improperly wow that's that's, not, that's a really impressive but also terrible that's not even the most impressive part, Graham. Okay. There's a way for Morden to survive. Really? Yeah. So if, if Rex is dead and Eve is dead, you can convince Morden that now is not the right time to uh, cure the genophage. And he'll agree. And he will just go work on the, on the Crucible in secret. Uh, and he survives. Huh. Which is amazing. Like, that, that, they did that you know like that they even give that one little extra option you know oh you can live and so, you know 95 percent of the scenarios he dies but the five percent he could live huh so do you completely skip the mission that way no you get to the very end because eve doesn't die to the very end okay um but um rex is replaced with his brother who's called reeve he's very briefly in the game but he's in mass effect 2 mass effect 3 more prominently if rex is dead and Reeve's kind of like a warlord, you know, wants revenge type guy. So you basically use Renegade prompts to talk Morden down to say Eve's dead. There's no there's no voice for the Krogan that is diplomatic. Like this isn't the right time. It's the right choice, but it's the wrong time. And Morden agrees, and uh, he steps down. So you don't have to end up shooting him. Hmm. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Wow, that's. It's so neat that there's all these different different options. Mm-hmm. 
that you can have two like they follow the same plot threads but they can be almost feel completely different Mm -hmm. or somewhere in between yeah there's lots of different little factors for sure one one complaint i do have though is that this game loves to throw it in your face when you don't do things the right way so for example like when eve dies um there's at least like 10 instances of someone saying the phrase if only that female krogan had survived though she would have been a rallying force for her race uh. like like morden says it rex says it hackett says it anderson says it like so many people just say it to you it's like oh my goodness i, I get it i shouldn't have let her die but that's my only complaint with the tuchanka area but yeah so why did you feel it was right to cure the genophage so i think like the first the first one was which i think so the first the first reason was that it was like well we don't have a choice we need Mm -hmm. to do this we need all the fighting power that we can get and we need the krogan on our side so that was that was the initial okay let's do this Mm-hmm. And then, after like talking with Rex more and seeing the the ruins, it made me think, oh well, well I think Rex said, like, or one of the Krogan said, the only reason that we're like violent drifters is because we have no reason to be around. Mm. Um, that like. Because they're constantly, they have to constantly fight for survival, so they don't get a chance to develop culture, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting perspective. And I was like, "Yeah, we should, we should give this a shot." Because hmm. in the second game, I was very much like, "Yeah, no, the Genophage, I can see where they're coming from. Like, this makes sense to me, but I'm gonna keep the data regardless." Mm-hmm. See, um, that, that's interesting. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I played my Shepard more as of a, a renegade, right? So this is the renegade reason I'm doing it. Personally, um, I kind of still see the genophage as being that calculation control that Morden mentioned at Mass Effect 2, where it's like, mm-hmm. Tuchanka is very harsh, and that's why the birth rate's so high. So take the Krogan out of Tuchanka, you have massive birth rates, and um, it, things kind of go out of control in a way. So we're just correcting that is all we're doing. And I kind of I can I can see that logic. I think that logic makes sense. Because um, personally, I don't know that even with Rex, you know, we don't get to see it play out. But if they do survive the Reapers, that they could become what they once were well yeah Um, it's the problem rex is just one guy right exactly and eve's just one person um and there is uncertainty there and i think it's also important to note that it's not like um the salarians uplifted the krogan and caused them to be violent you know the the krogan were violent before they became space fairer fairers right so you know, their, their whole planet was destroyed by themselves in nuclear war, basically. Um, so it's, we are seeing that there was culture there, yes, but there was also violence there before, too. And now 
that's all they've had for you know centuries it's just a, a culture of of war and and that's for for me is well maybe we should keep the genophage you know in check that's why i still think it's the logical choice um until you can you know get the krogan out of out of that tribal yeah. tribal nature right i think it's just the mathematically i think it makes sense but perspective wise like or like emotions wise it would it's like very difficult to reconcile yeah for sure and and again it's like it's because you're dealing with a whole sentient race right like mm-hmm. you know it's it's what might be good for the krogan is is, is not good for the, the turians or whatever you know so it's like that is what kind of compels you towards the genophage uh like if it was just the krogan you know let the krogan be who the krogan are let them forge their own path but when they're when they when their path you know is getting in the path of others and causing conflict then you have to you know be more cold and analytical like that so yeah and actually one thing i kind of noticed slash did is that over the course of the games my character grew from being more of a pragmatist like more pragmatic to mm-hmm. being more trying to find harmony between them like I could definitely tell, like, at the end of Mass Effect 2, it was, oh, should we save the the Reaper? I was like, okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, And, but then between that and Mass Effect 3, it feels like there was more of a shift for him to become more of an emotional person. Um, Especially, at least for the Paragon side. There were very few choice times in Mass Effect 3 that I would choose the renegade option. Yeah, for for sure, and that, that's because like your your goal is to bring people together. That's like, and that's the theme that they are pushing you towards, right? That that unity is the key. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of feel that renegade always kind of falls to the wayside a little bit. Is that paragon leads to better options or better results almost always? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I guess we can move on to uh, Rannoch then. And I'm very interested, Graham, to hear uh, what happened with uh, your Rannoch. Remind me again what Rannoch was. So Rannoch is the planet where um, the Geth and the Quarians have their conflict. True. Yes. So, um, yeah, so we can talk a little bit about the Geth and... uh... Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, let me just put it out there. What happened? Okay. Well, I one thing, the I think it was on Rannoch, like in the situation of Rannoch, that I did my only renegade option. Um, when after Shepard and runs into Legion in the ship, and they're getting fired upon by the Quarians, <laughs> and Shepard comes back in, and I was like, nope, I'm I'm choosing the angry option. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's fine. And so I got right up in his face. I didn't punch him out or anything, which I think it gave me the option to. But um, I definitely chose the angry option there. But and rightfully so. Yeah. Well, the the Quarians were just like, oh, they got me so frustrated. 
The quarians are very unreasonable. Yeah. At least in that section of the game, for sure. Well, even in Mass Effect 2, they were very, like, bickering and political. It was... It was annoying, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But... And, like, the final moments when it's... You're trying to convince the... The one guy not to fire on the Geth. Like, at that climactic moment... Um, right near the end of the Rannoch section, and you're just, mm-hmm. okay, come on, come on, choose the right choice here. Um, that was very tense. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the whole Rannoch section was good. So there was this point where they were in the ship and they were firing. Um, there was the section on Rannoch. Like, there's a couple of side missions on Rannoch. And then there was the main mission where you get to take down the Reaper. Mm -hmm. Um, One interesting thing. Okay, so I decided to romance Liara in this game. (gasps) Graham! My character decided to go back to Liara. How Um, dare you? (laughs) Yeah, well, actually, have you ever had a run-through where you didn't date Tally? Yeah, yeah, I've I've done a playthrough with uh, Liara before. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tally's still yeah. my main girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was so the very first time you can get Tally on a mission is that first mission in the ship. Mm-hmm. And oh. so I put <laughs> Liara and Tally together on that mission. And it didn't turn out as bad as I thought it would. There was a little bit um actually Tally Tally took it really well and then they kind of like hashed it out um and (laughs) it was it kind of made me think oh man i'm actually believing that these characters are hashing them hashing it out Mm -hmm. which was really neat um so yeah and so there's that mission which i thought was good taking down the reaper was really cool yeah and then just hearing tally speak about her planet and like her plans and stuff like that was really neat too Mm -hmm. what did you think of the mission with legion and uh, the memory uh, banks that was not my favorite oh okay interesting um like gameplay wise it was like it was funny how they had to logic their way of Making it make sense that you would have a gun because I guess they could have had it so that you didn't have a gun, but just how they shaped it so that they could still use their existing stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, it was really neat to learn more about the Geth and Legion and his part in the whole Geth rebellion mm-hmm. um, and how the Quarians really were jerks. Allegedly. According to the Geth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although I feel like because like when you when the Geth get that free control, they don't turn on the Quarians. And I think that kind of tells you where the Geth actually stood. That's true. That's a good point, actually. They they you know they have the chance to fire first, but they don't. Mm-hmm. 
they only return fire. I think it's implied that Legion was the first one. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Oh. I I don't think I ever picked up on that. It's possible. I mean, it's like Geth aren't really ever destroyed necessarily unless you delete the server they're on. But if they're on like a mobile platform that gets destroyed, they just kind of go to the next one, mm-hmm. I think. I, don't, I feel like it was implied that Legion was the first platform to fire on the Corian. Okay, that would make sense. Because it's like Legion's... Yeah, that would make sense. Because Legion references that. Because don't they say like that kind of looks like your gun? I think you're right. I think they do kind of hint towards that. Yeah, yeah. They say yeah, something about the gun. Kind of looks like your rifle or whatever. Yeah. That's interesting. I never picked up on that before. Mm-hmm. So were you um, able to broker a piece? Yes. Oh, you lucky little dog. Is it more difficult than I thought? Um, It is pretty difficult. Uh, yeah. So um, the very first time I played through this game, I was not able to broker a piece. Okay. And... Um, <sighs> So what I ended up doing I, is I chose the Geth. And, over the Corian. Uh, over the Corians. Is this the same playthrough where you were dating Tally? It is. Okay. So, um... Oh, man. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so during that last section when you're kind of like fighting the difficult. Reaper, uh, Tally tells you that she loves you for the first time. Like, because she thinks you're in danger or whatever. And she, she just kind of goes, like, I love you! Um, as you're running away from the Reapers. Um... And then uh, after you defeat the Reaper and, um, you know, you're talking with Legion, once you do that, um, Tally is seeing, like, all her people die, basically, because the Corians get wiped out by the Geth, because <laughs> they fire on the Geth, and the Geth return fire. And Tally sees all her people. She takes off her mask um, so she can see her homeworld, and then she throws herself off the cliff. Oh, my goodness. And um, and the worst part is um, they give you a Paragon Interrupt uh, as she does that, and uh, you, you click on it, and uh, you still don't catch her. You just get to watch your Shepherd watch her fall to her death with his arm hanging over the cliff. And so uh, I had to be the cause of my love's death on my very first playthrough. Which, uh, it was, I, I literally had to put my controller down and just, like, go walk away for a minute. It was really, really impactful. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I was wondering if that was going to happen to you. But it, I'm glad to hear it didn't. Well, see, like, I'm glad that I was able to broker peace. But also, like, I feel like I we talked about this at the end of the Mass Effect 2 episode. Like, I almost feel like I'm missing out a bit by... Mm-hmm. Like, Morden's death was impactful. Fane's mm-hmm. death was impactful. Um, the death, like, the the sacrifices or even the despair of that is really impactful and mm-hmm. memorable. And while I'm glad that the Geth and the Corians were able to make it work... Like, I am definitely glad about that. It's 
um, it's like you almost just that other one is so impactful. I almost wish I could have seen it as as horrible as it is. Yeah. I mean, I'll remember it for as long as I live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that much. Like I'll remember it forever. So, um, yeah. And I think, I think it's probably the most, or I mean, one, one of the more common options, like saving, uh, saving both is, is pretty difficult. Um, because you have to have made certain choices. It's kind of like a mathematical equation. Like certain choices give you certain points, and if you clear that point threshold, then you can do it. Okay. But then you also have to have enough reputation. Um, so if you do Rainock too quickly, um, you're locked out of the option because you don't have enough reputation. Okay. Yeah. So that was what happened to me in my first playthrough, and I didn't have a save far enough to go back. But uh, no. like you have, yeah, you have to do a number of things, and unfortunately, in this playthrough, I was not able to broker peace, because if Legion or Tally do not survive, um, there's no way. Okay. Which is a little disappointing and a little frustrating actually, because I'd done all the other necessary options except for Tally being alive. Um, so kind of from the get-go, I was, I was pooched. So I ended up. Going into it, I was like, okay, I'm going to save the Geth. I, I, I need the Geth. They're more powerful. They're more reasonable. You know, they're just acting in self-defense. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm playing I'm playing through the mission, I'm like, well, I mean, they're really just machines. And can't machines just get hacked again? And I'm going through, like, the memory banks and, like, okay, I'm destroying the Reaper code. I'm like, maybe they're not so reliable. And so at the final moment where you know, Legion gives you the new alternative and you have the choice to let them do the upload or not. I, I, I at first said, no, we're not giving the Geth sentience. Um, so I kind of changed my mind. And Geth, or sorry, Legion says, um, <laughs> and, and this is where I felt like he was manipulating me a little bit. He goes, you know, Shepherd Commander, the creators are not reasonable. Um, the Geth only acted in self-defense. And I'm like, he's correct, but is he trying to manipulate me? And and I kind of felt like fear in the way he said it when he said, like, they're not reasonable. The creators aren't reasonable. Like, I I, I felt uneasy about it, but I also knew he was telling, he was was correct. And so I I decided to side with him. And I was so happy because Shepard kind of like puts his head in his hands and goes Ugh. he swears and he says you know legion you're right and that's exactly how i felt <laughs> like mm. my like shepherd emulated exactly what i was feeling like i i hate this but you you're what you're saying is true and so i did end up saving the geth at the end of it so um yeah it's it was still a great experience uh for sure so mm-hmm. wow did not know that it could go that way. Yeah, it, um, yeah, and it, or if if in the other instance, if you don't let Legion upload the code, you have to kill him basically. You have to morden him. So. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's it's one of those more depressing moments. So. It's definitely yeah. It's very dark, which it fits the tone of the game. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, the you know the the tone of the game is well, part of the theme is you know sacrifices, and I and I can always comp playing like that. Like I know not everyone's gonna make it alive, so I gotta get the most soldiers I can for the least casualties. Yeah. Oh, but let me tell you. So um, I didn't experience it in this playthrough, but and and I went back you know a few years ago to my first playthrough. And I was walking around the ship, and I, I talked to Garrus. And, uh, and Garrus and I had a conversation, and he's, um, if I remember correctly, he was talking about, now that he's higher up in the military, or the hierarchy or whatever, you know, he's having to make choices mm -hmm. um, about, you know, do I send supplies here, or do I send supplies there? Because if I do that, 50 people live, or I do that, you know, 35 people live, but they're soldiers and I need them more to maybe save more people, you know, and, and, and what point do we, do we just start doing the math rather than, you know, saving everybody. And my shepherd kind of goes like, well, you know, I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I don't think we need, we should be doing that. I think we should save everybody as many people as we can and not make decisions based on pure numbers. Mm -hmm. And, um, and and Garrus basically says that's a nice sentiment, Shepard, but maybe you should tell the quar should tell that to the Quarians. And that was after oh. I had killed the Quarians. And so Garrus was very biting with me at that, and it and I <laughs> and it really kind of shook me because he's right because that's what I had to do with the Quarians. And it's like, you know, maybe your 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 best intentions don't mean much in in the reality or the heat of the moment. So that's interesting. Yeah, it was it was the only time that I really found Garrus got a little testy with me or mad at yeah. me, and it wasn't even like uh, direct. It was more just kind of subtle, a subtle jab. But I definitely felt it. That's interesting too, because if you don't, if if Garrus and Tally survive, you find like. Right, right near the end of the game, you can walk in on them in the engine yeah. room. Yeah, and I like that. That was that was funny, but it it almost it's, it puts another perspective point of, on it. Yeah, another yeah. point of context. Yeah, for that for sure. Yeah. Oh, one negative point uh, while we're still on Ranok. Mm -hmm. Um, in my game, Tally is only ever mentioned once. Uh, at least that I experienced. Um when you're walking along the tube to the derelict Geth ship, okay. Shepard kind of looks out and says, man, Tally would have loved to see her homeworld again. And that was it. Hmm. Joker says like, oh, let's win it for her then. But Tally, she's never mentioned again after that. And I felt kind of cheated a little bit. Are the other ones mentioned more than, well, I guess. Well, no one else died, just Tally, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But. All in all, very, very strong, for sure. Yeah. And then what came after Ranok? So after Ranok came Thessia. Okay. So, let me mix it up. What, well, yeah, Thessia. So um, Thessia is the Asari homeworld. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of... It's a short mission. It is a short mission, but it's an interesting one. Because um, the Asari 
kind of avoid the Reapers the longest. And it's interesting just to see another planet be taken out. Right, because you see it happen to Earth. Like, Palvin's fighting back, and, the, and they're starting to turn the tide with the Krogan. But then the Asari, the Asari just get kind of... You know, they're pretty much ignored for most of it. Yeah, they kind of get bulldozed um, a little yeah. bit, which is which is certainly powerful, and that's why they um, force Liara um, to go with you because Liara is reacting to that. Um, okay. Now it's it's um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I I quite like the Thestia mission. I like the revelation of a Prothean beacon. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Prothean VI, um, and, uh, with Kai Lang then stealing the VI, the mission also just kind of gets you really down the dumps because, you know, um, yeah. a lot of people died to get you to the, to the, uh, temple or whatnot. And ultimately you fail. And, uh, it's the first time you ever, as Shepard kind of feel like you failed, mm-hmm. at least in my experience, like it, it feels like, you know, you, you, he didn't do it. He didn't get the complete the mission. So, um, yeah. Out of curiosity, did you use um, Javik very much? Yeah, I um, I used him here and there. Okay. Um, I, I mean, his abilities were decent, but I mean, I pretty much used Liara and Edie. For most of the game. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That was my go-to team. Okay. So with Javik, if you take him on this mission, he has a lot to say um, about the temple and the artifacts. And because it's basically implied that the goddess that they are worshiping is a a Prothean. Okay. Um, And Javik basically outright confirms that. Yeah. that they were trying to uplift them or teach them. Man, so many interesting, like, oh man, it's which, almost making me want to play through it again. Which, which you would totally miss, by the way, if you didn't have Javik. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot to Javik. I, I beyond just that, but um, that's one kind of interesting note with that mission is he's got a lot to say, um, for sure. With, uh, with, and 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 him and Liara butt heads a lot too. <laughs> So that even makes it even better, kind of. So, there, there's one quote from Javik, um, like after the Citadel party, mm-hmm. um, you you talk to him and he says, I like something like I was dreaming of of a world where the the Protheans had won, and Liara didn't exist, or something along those lines. That's funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, it was that was an interesting mission. It didn't really I didn't feel it was very impactful to mm-hmm. to me at least. First of all, like Kai Lang is a weak villain in my opinion. Uh and everyone would agree with you. He 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 is. So. He's first time i saw him i was like okay suddenly there's metal gear because um, <laughs> he okay, looks yeah. a lot like the one character from metal gear and i don't know he just he was never a challenge he was just kind of annoying um 
and he just kind of showed up out of the blue and snatches your thing and goes. So, yeah, but the whole revelation of the the Asari, how they got their technical prowess was was neat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one thing I like about Thessia, and, and I think something the game does really well, just overall, is it reminds you it's a it's a war, like it felt like a war zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Earth felt that way. Uh, Palvin's moon felt that way, but certainly Thessia did as well. Like everyone's just getting taken out, and Definitely. it's just kind of chaos. It's like this is a this is a war for sure. So that I, I appreciated that atmosphere about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're right. It's not anything necessarily to to write home about. <laughs> You know, it's it's hard because like the first two acts are, are pretty um, set. You know, you've got Tuchanka and you've got Renok, and they don't have a whole lot, in my opinion, in the third act um, to take it home. They kind of you kind of hit a few bumps, right? You hit you hit Thessia, you hit Sanctuary, then you hit the Cerberus base, and then you hit Earth, and it kind of feels a little bit. Um, disjointed a little bit to me as far as structure goes yeah especially like i did like uh, the the game really front loads you with missions yeah i found so like i got to the citadel and um i picked up 20 missions and i felt like i was playing fallout all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and so it took me a long time to get to chachanka Mm-hmm. And then once you get once you finish Tuchanka and you play through the Citadel attack, all of a sudden you've got fifteen more missions. So it took me a while to get to Rannoch. Mm-hmm. Um and then from that point onward there were no more side missions. Yeah. It was a straight path to the end. Yeah, and and one thing I, I appreciate but don't appreciate about this game is that if you don't do missions in a certain time frame it locks you out of them uh that's kind of what i was trying to warn you about particularly yeah, which i um, pretty much avoided yeah particularly there are a couple characters that if you don't meet them on the citadel before the citadel attack they die or they're not there anymore which characters were those do you remember uh kasumi uh, okay. kelly chambers and dr chakwas oh i guess dr chakwas must have died then because yeah. i don't think i met her on the citadel yeah um, I missed out on her as well. I was able to meet Kelly and Kasumi. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Kasumi dies. She just, uh, you, you miss out on her if you don't uh, do the mission quick enough. Okay. Yeah, basically. So that's kind of what I was trying to warn you about. Is there a similar thing with Miranda or does it happen just as the same? No, I think Miranda happens all the same. Okay. Um, she, she, uh, now this is interesting. Did Miranda die, did Miranda die for you? No. Okay. Um, yeah, Miranda is actually pretty difficult to to keep alive. Um, <laughs> I you say that, but like I've gotten all of them, but I guess I am a bit of a completionist. Yeah, like um, well, with Miranda, if she's not loyal, or if uh, you don't warn her about Kai Lang, she will die. Um, so if she's not loyal, Mass Effect Two, and it, or if you don't warn her about Kai Lang, um, she does die uh, okay. at the very end. So, um, 
Yeah. So with me, because I romanced her and I warned her about Kai Lang, she was fine. But um, if you don't warn her about Kai Lang, she gets injured and then succumbs to her injuries after the confrontation with her father. So. Okay. Yeah. So again, like because you are that completionist, I mean, I'm assuming you warned her about Kai Lang. Yeah, I must have. Yeah. Yeah. So. And and Miranda's like one of those side characters that's kind of in and out. Um. And yeah, as she a, sends you a bunch of emails. And as as like I rekindled my romance with her, um, it was um, I was hoping for a bit more, but uh, there was this one instance on the Citadel where where we meet to talk about um. I forget what we're talking about. We met in, a, in an apartment for her to tell me what she, what she was doing and I felt like, like oh man it's like mom and dad are talking <laughs> I just felt really strange like these are two adult people they know what they're talking about <laughs> but uh, yeah no it, they had a couple instances of romance here or there but um, nothing uh, nothing overly in depth I found as far as like bringing back the romance um, mm-hmm. Not until the Citadel DLC, at least. But okay, yeah. But uh, I, I I enjoy the enjoyed the sanctuary mission. Um, kind of the revelation of what Cerberus is doing is kind of horrific. They basically become the collectors. Huh. I never even thought of that. In a way, because they're you know they're processing people, yeah, people to meet their own needs. So. The one, another thing I have with the, the whole Cerberus thing is that, you know, their mo- motivation is, um, let's control the Reapers. Mm-hmm. And the elusive man is constantly trying to convince you of that. But, uh, you don't really ever have a moment or anybody else to agree with him. You know, um, as far as like, yeah, controlling is probably the right way to do it. You know, it's always Shepard and everybody else is always, we need to destroy them. Which is logical, but from like that duality point of, you know, hmm. I have options here. Control never really seems like a viable option. That is true. To anybody other than the elusive man. Huh. Which makes the choice at the end of the game all that kind of weirder. Yeah, it kind of comes at a at a left field, and that's more my issue with it. If 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 Shepard had had a moment to say, well, that's interesting. Or or if even Hackett had said, you know, well, is that possible? Because maybe that, you know, maybe like his darkest desires were kind of like, oh, maybe we could do that. Oh, no, no, we shouldn't. But even anybody to even say, well, that's interesting. That's an option. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that's an avenue we need to explore. Um, would give it more... Um, more substance more credence yeah with when it's just the elusive man it's just you're nuts we need to destroy them so that's what's on everybody's mind is that's what the game is telling you you need to kill them that's it that's all we're trying to do here is destroy them so mm-hmm. yeah you're never given the option of agreeing none, none of the dialogue options are which is which is interesting because like i could like if you read the the Paragon and the Renegade option, they're both saying the same thing, just in different ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. So. Oh. 
Should we move on to the Citadel DLC? I think that would be a good place to take a pit stop before going into the ending. Um, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on the Citadel DLC? Uh, okay, I I really enjoyed it. Um, it, I think I did it. It was. I think I did it before I went and met Tally. Yes, I, that was because I recommended that. Yeah. And I, I, I figured it afterwards that was probably a mistake. Because ta- I don't think Tally showed up, right? No. Yeah. And I, I I told you to do that because I wasn't sure if Tally was going to survive. And that's such a depressing moment. It's kind of like to have that fun little adventure afterwards would be huge, a huge shift tonally. Yeah, be weird. So no. that's why I suggested do it beforehand, but... Well, I guess I could have I could have just gone, picked up Tally, and then done the party. Mm-hmm. Could have, yeah. But regardless... Well, she might um, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless, it was still... I, like... It was a complete tonal shift. It, it really is. And um, it's like uh, the, the writers just got hopped up on sugar and and Gatorade and just had a let's make a, a sitcom out of this game and uh, they did a great job yeah it was uh. it was there's 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 one point that Brooke I, I remember I write down funny quips occasionally mm-hmm. there's there's one point where Brooks is like you just killed like a hundred people with a pistol it's like yeah just Oh, just eh, yeah, you know, I do that. <laughs> That's what it's for. <laughs> uh, my favorite part, it, oh man, is when you're when you're retaking the Normandy, and there's this box of stuff, and Shepard's like, "Yeah, that's that's from my cabin." <laughs> he's he's messing with my cabin. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, it's just so silly. It is like, or. Or the when they're brush. all like, uh, when they're all like, um, <laughs> or when they're all making fun of Shepard for falling through the fish tank, mm-hmm. and Shepard's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Shepard has, uh, he has some great lines there. Just, or when, um, they're talking about, oh yeah, wow, the the clone really talks like Shepard. <laughs> or he goes, I should go. Do yeah. I really sound like that? It's always more like, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, those are those are really good moments. And the fact that they set up that the joke about the toothbrush, like, way back at the beginning, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was that was fantastic. And just it, getting to like hang out with your teammates was so cool. That was really cool, and they do give the squad mates from aspects who a lot uh to do like each of them have moments with shepherd um at the party or or in in addition to the party um rex comes back as a character mm-hmm. which is awesome um yeah no it's it's really a really strong dlc all around probably the best dlc i i personally have 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 played and the amount um that it added and in the enjoyment factor um it's probably number one in my books mm-hmm. and it, a very touching because it was it was the last dlc ever put out 
a very touching finish uh, to the series as well. Okay. Yeah, because one of my favorite scenes is the scene at the very end after the party. You kind of all stumble back to the Normandy. And um, depending on who you romance or if you're not in romance with anybody, somebody will come up to you and uh, they'll kind of say, like, oh, we've, we've had some good times on the girl. Like Joker might, might say that to you. And mm-hmm. Shepard kind of goes, yeah, the best. And it's just like, that's really touching because they're, you know, they're, it's really them trying to say to the player, you know, it's been the best time. And then Shepard kind of like looks longingly at the Normandy and then chases after everybody. And I kind of felt like that was a very touching end to the, to the series hmm. from that perspective of it being the last content, you know, that they put out for it. Yeah. No, that, that is neat. No, that's cool. I didn't I didn't realize it was the last one that they put out. Yeah. It was the last story-based thing they did. It came out, like, I think, like, a full year after the game came out, so... Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I also like, like, the... The apartment was really cool. It was just kind of fun to hang out with, put new furniture in. It was fun reading Anderson's autobiography. And him oh, talking that, about... Yeah. That explains... I was like... Why did Anderson leave audio recordings of himself all over his house? <laughs> was was it for an autobiography? It was for a biography, yeah. He was answering questions. Basically. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. So, And I really enjoy those because like, he talks about Shepard a little bit as well, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Um, yeah, for sure. So, Now, one thing I have to... We talked about this earlier... With the party, there's just you basically want to play it like ten different ways because so much can happen or not happen um, depending on how you choose the party to go. So, like mm-hmm. for example, you sent me that video of of going, you know, shepherd Rex. <laughs> grunt. <laughs> I didn't have that at my party. No. No, no, my party didn't have that, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Was that the first time you'd seen that? Um, no, I think I've seen it before, like in other playthroughs, but I didn't happen to notice it during my, uh, my party. Okay. Yeah. So So I I think I did the, I did the pump it up for the first one and then take it down a notch for the second. Yeah. See, I just pumped it up all the way through. So, um, I had Javik, who was it? Javik, Rex and Zaid shooting uh, um, glasses off my bar. (laughs) And I kind of walked over to them and I'm like, get out of the way, Shepard. We're doing a firing range. That's funny. And then I had James trying to convince everybody that um, biotics aren't really impressive or aren't as impressive as just brute strength. Okay. But he was trying to convince like Liara and uh, and Jacob and Miranda, and then also Shepard, who my Shepard was a biotic. <laughs> so eventually Liara like lifts him up with her biotics <laughs> and ho- makes him hover. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's good. Yeah, there were some there were some fantastic moments there. It almost makes me want to go back and replay it. 
mm-hmm. but I also don't want to like milk it for it all it's worth. Yeah, like, just I just kind of leave it. Yeah, yeah. And yes, I did the fifteen minutes of pull-ups. <laughs> oh man, I had to see it through. I had to see where it would go. And this, it did, this, didn't yeah. really pan out to be that much, but it was still worth it. <laughs> Just so many little things. Yeah. Um. <laughs> or did, were you, was Grunt at the door telling people to get lost? Uh, No. In my party, he, he was like at the camera and he's like, nope, nope. I already told you, get out of here, because people are trying to get in. Oh, yeah? Uh, and then uh, he's like, here, Shepard, you try. And Shepard goes, uh, uh, no. And he's like, good job, Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or when, or uh, this isn't in the party, or but the whole story with Grunt on his birthday. <laughs> Grunt on his birthday. When you, When you first are able to meet with Grunt on the Citadel, through the DLC where he's in trouble with CSEC. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, that was so good. It was really good. It was a really, uh, just a great, uh, great little section. And then you get to meet Blasto. Yeah, Blasto. <laughs> and just reading one of my, the quotes I got, the grunt after the party, like the, the morning after, he was like, I don't remember much after I ate that lamp. Javik, I am Prothean. I never feel okay. (laughs) Just, uh, yeah, he... There were so many good, good quotes. Actually, a big source of humor in the game was Edie for me. Edie's, Edie's great comic relief, for sure. Or did you ever have her say um, that she was going to vent the airlocks? I think. And then Shepard gets that ridiculous that look on his face. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> probably one of my favorite moments out of yeah. the, the yeah. series. Yeah, that was great. Edie has some great, great moments like that. <laughs> Do you like that they gave Edie a body? I think overall, yeah. I think it works out and it, I mean, it ties into the plot. It's not mm-hmm. just, Oh, suddenly she has a body. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the whole like synthetics and organics growing closer together. Mm-hmm. I think it worked out. How about you? Um, I wish they would have given you like an option to do it, but I get why they did it. Right. Because you could have, um, theoretically you you could limit yourself to just james and liara if if Edie wasn't there so they have to give you some variety because garris and tally could both could both die mm-hmm. and then the vermeyer survivor also can die in the game um, oh, which we haven't okay. talked about them yet but um you can kill the vermeyer survivor um uh, in I, the in the like the Udina part yeah yeah okay so i killed ashley um, so she was dead for me. Um, yeah, so you, you, and without Javik, you could, like, the base game would just have three, three squaddies, uh, worst case scenario. So that, that's why I understand that they kind of forced it on you, for sure. But, yeah. 
it was a little bit of a weird that you didn't get a choice, but huh. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like Edie as a character. So giving her physical body, it, it gives you a synthetic um, perspective as, as far as life goes. Right. Cause I think yeah. it's different from I'm living, you know, in the Normandy and assisting with the Normandy's functions to, I can leave the Normandy now and I have this body and I, I, there's something beyond the Normandy for, for me, you know, as an individual. And I like that Edie goes to you with questions. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Those moments with her where she asks a question. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoy Edie. Yeah. It's different than Legion too. Like it's a, it's a different synthetic point of view. Yeah. Cause, cause well, because with Legion, he's not, an individual necessarily um, until later on he yeah. is, you know, he's a consensus of, of, of individuals. Whereas, whereas Edie is one singular person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So would recommend the Citadel DLC. I think it's fun even just to YouTube and, and watch the scenes there. There's mm-hmm. lots of great moments. Oh my goodness. Oh, what was, there was one section in the casino um, where you have to mingle with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there was one girl who was like a total, um, like that classic, like, uh, oh, who are you? Like that kind of mm-hmm. like ditz. And I can't, she said something really funny and uh, I just can't remember. I don't think I ever mingled with her. Oh, it was really funny. At one point, Shepard kind of goes, uh, Miss, where were you educated? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they had lots of fun things there. The return of Quasar, uh, the Varen races. Fun fun things, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a good DLC. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely would recommend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other comments, things you wanted to mention before um, we hit the end? I'm just gonna quick look. I think there were there were a lot of little moments that I loved, like Fane and well, I guess one thing, and James. It was he was an interesting character. Um, I didn't like him at first. Mm-hmm. But then once you actually start to converse with him, it was really good. Like he's surprisingly soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Um there um oh what was I just thinking of? James Uh oh yeah, the the way that they changed up the conversations with your crewmates, how they're no longer one on one conversations, mm. like in the conversation view mm-hmm. they're like just in the ship i did not like it first but it grew on me and it was neat how you could actually they could have conversations with other people other crew members that's probably one of my my favorite aspects of the game is that uh they are move they are move they move around the ship mm-hmm. um from from time to time um and they interact with one another um, here or there, I really appreciate that they bring the 
that to life a little more, you know, that you're a crew together. So for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think, I think that's, I think we've hit the main beats. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's, let's do it. We're, we're almost an hour and a half in, believe it or not. Yeah. So, uh, um, I mean, it hasn't felt like that long, but, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about it, Graham. So, uh, Graham, what, what did you think of the ending? And let's, I... let's, should we preface this by saying earth and onwards? Sure. Or, I mean, do you have much to say about the whole Cerberus base? I don't remember it, to be honest. Here's the one thing I don't get. Quick side note. Um, they make a point of saying we don't know where Cerberus, the Cerberus base is. We have to do this convoluted like tracking Kylang thing to find him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why Miranda just doesn't tell you. Because Miranda's been there before. But mm-hmm. yeah, a... I guess in the case that Miranda dies... But Miranda's the one that gives you the tracker on Kai Lang. Oh, true. So, that, I mean, it's a real big nitpick, but it's kind of like, Miranda, just tell me where it is. <laughs> true. So, but anyways, anyways, yeah, so server space, blah, blah, blah. Earth. I, yeah. Um, Earth, it was good to be able to, like, have one final conversation with your crewmates. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely, see, the the horrible thing is, is that the day before I did that, I was looking up information on one of the Mass Effect guns, I think. And I accidentally saw like one of the Google suggestions was, is there any way to save Shepard at the end? Oh. So I knew that he was going to die, um, which was unfortunate, but didn't really spoil too, too much because I figured out like once you knew once he was injured i knew he was going to die um but no it was good to like see your teammates starting to really come into your own and saying like your final goodbyes to garris and mm-hmm. now i think it's important to preface you did not did you you didn't use the extended cut dlc did you not on the first time no okay so you did both um it was our intention um, before we started playing to not play with the extended cut. Um, unfortunately, Graham, I'm not sure what happened. Um, I ended up playing with the DLC or extended cut, even though I didn't intend it. It must have downloaded in tangent with another DLC. Okay. Um, so I, I realized at the end, oh, I'm, I have the extended cut. So we'll talk about that later. But I think we should talk about, you know, the base game first. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think Earth is a pretty strong last level gameplay-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's intense. I think it's hard. I think it's um, action-packed. I think it feels like a war zone. Um, I love I love the cinematic of all the fleets arriving um, and the way the different ways that can play out and and the fleets coming in and you can see you know they're they're the geth or they're the quarians those the turians um uh now did is that something they changed for the extended cut though they may have added more i don't believe so see like when i was playing it i was like wait 
where are the Krogan? Like, where are the, where are the Quarians? Like, they just didn't mention them. So they didn't say Quarian fleet reporting in? They might have, to be honest, but I didn't so, remember it. Yeah, so um, that's one of my negative points. Beyond that first cinematic there, they don't have a lot of other things kind of going yeah. on in the background to remind you that your choices are here. Um, for example, you know, um, you see Rex, you know, at the last section, but you don't see other Krogan fighting. You don't see the Rachni there, if you have the Rachni. You don't yeah. have all these other options or things going on around you to remind you that you brought help with you. It's just you, basically, and the Alliance, and that's pretty much it beyond that forward operating base. Yeah, that um, was frustrating. And I, I would have liked to have had them implement more of a mass effect to this is this is the game plan all right and you guys are going to go over here and we'll do this here and you do that there like rex you take the krogan and you go distract the reaper and we will turn around and we'll go turn on the you know the the rockets or or maybe rex you do this over there and um jack you and your students go over there and and do that um but they don't give you any choice uh, no. It's very linear, um, certainly, and uh, I think as, as a game itself, it, it it's it's fine. It's a fine last mission, but in in contrast to Mass Effect Two, it really falls um, in, the, in the in the area of choice and 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 results paying off for sure. There definitely um, feels like a lot less agency. Yeah, it feels. I think like because our our Earth, you know, your Earth and my Earth missions are probably 100% the same, Yeah, I, I would say, with the exception of Tally's not there for mine. And and that's that's a shame, so. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the final Earth mission is, it's a good mission. It's nothing standout, but it's a solid, solid mission. And then we get the run for the beacon. Yeah, how did you uh Yeah, okay. So the the run for the beacon is where the extended cut comes in. Um mm -hmm. So, um why don't you tell me your thoughts first on the base game ending. So we we run for the beacon. Um yeah. and yeah, let's just kind of talk through that first and then we'll go back and talk about the DLC. Yeah, because I think I told you that I did I think I mentioned that I did the original ending and then I went back and played through from the run to the beacon to the end again mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, with the extended cut. So run to the beacon, I thought it was pretty great. Like it was very intense and then like you're staggering along and you've got a gun and you're shooting the guys and it feels very dramatic and it's like this is your last stand. Ditched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. I was kind of like, wait, where did my teammates go? Mm -hmm. Um, which, yeah. So and then you, you go in and you're, um, in the Citadel base, which was neat. It was very dark, obviously with all the bodies and mm -hmm. literal darkness. But, um, and then your slow walk into the 
the core and you meet Anderson and the elusive man. Um, and I felt again, this, this sense of not having any agency mm-hmm. when I was dealing with the elusive man, because I felt like all of the options they gave me were the same, mm-hmm. which actually I'm curious have you ever, like in that final conversation with the elusive man, have you ever chosen the options on the right, like the standard options? I don't believe so. See, I haven't either, but I have a feeling that they are the exact same as either the Paragon or the Renegade choices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible. Did, does your elusive man commit suicide? Yeah. I honestly don't remember if mine did. I think the renegade one, you shoot him. I think that's right. I don't really remember, to be honest. Yeah. So, I don't know. I felt like it wasn't, because there wasn't that sense of agency, I didn't really feel like there was the same intensity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you felt about that. Uh, I mean... Yeah, I have lots of opinions on the ending, so I'll just let you keep talking. Okay, okay. So, at that point, I was like, okay, cool. Well, we destroyed the Reapers. Cool. And then there's the, oh, wait, but it didn't work. And you go up into the actual core of the, the, the Crucible. And that, I have a very different interpretation of it for the original ending than for the um than for the extended cut. Okay. So in the original you you kind of get like a brief, oh you can do this this or that. Um so, and so you had all three options? Mhm. Okay. Okay. I I only had two options. I just I must not have played enough. But that's really? fine. Yeah. Um depending on the amount of war assets you obtain, you are locked out of certain options. So Really? Yep. Which options are you locked out of? Uh, primarily, it's uh, the synthesis. Synthesis. You have to have pretty high assets for that. Um, I'm pretty sure as well. This might be no longer be correct, but back uh, when it first came out, you could be locked out of control. Um, I can see that. If you yeah. didn't do enough. So, destroy being your only option. Um, but yeah. Which, so. that is weird if destroy is the only option. Yeah. Um, but anyways, continue. Yeah. So I saw, so my shepherd chose synthesis. <laughs> Sorry. Because, Go ahead. because I saw that as the culmination of what my shepherd had been doing over the course of the game. Okay. Of like saving this, the synthetics and like he paired Joker and Edie together, or like encouraged them to get together and that just it seemed like it was less of a choice and more of a definition of who my shepherd was okay um and i thought it was really interesting actually that the paragon choice of control was represented by the elusive man okay. um and that um anderson was the renegade choice um so my shepherd chose synthesis and then you watch the ending, and it ends. Yep. And I was like, oh, 
Okay, I can see how that would be controversial. See, I I don't necessarily have an issue um, with how it ends. Uh, you know, with just the Normandy crashing or whatever. I I don't really think that it's the worst thing in the world. I think the 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 real problem is um, the lack of of different the, the lack of variation between the three options um no matter what you do the ending's the same yeah you know everything's destroyed you know the mass effect relays are all destroyed normandy crashes that's it it's either blue green or red though that's your ending no matter what that was probably the worst part of it yeah so i think and that's probably more what the most the more controversial stuff is about um, I don't necessarily mind that they didn't wrap everything up. Um, Not think, everything has to be. Yeah, I, I would have liked a bit more time with. Um, he's he's known as the Star Child character at the end mm-hmm. to talk about things. I found even with the extended cut DLC, there wasn't a lot of explanation or really dialogue. Um, they added a an extra set of dialogue per choice. They did which I appreciate. And they give you an extra option as well, um, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's not great as far as endings go. Um, because ever, because again, your ending is the same as my ending. Uh, except you are, people are all the same and all my robots are dead. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. And, and um, personally, I, I feel like, destroy is really the only real option um just because i feel like control is against what the game's about you know um yeah it's it's very counter to anything shepherd would have done before exactly and and to me synthesis is equally as bad um okay because you're taking away the uniqueness of of everybody um and and uh i mean what you're really doing is is what saren wanted to do in the first game saren saren mentions a synthesis of you know reapers and and people coexisting um but the way you do it is you know organic becomes synthetic synthetic becomes organic which i mean barring any issue you have with lore uh, or established lore in the universe it's just kind of, it doesn't make much sense as why that's the best option. You know, um, hmm. like, like basically you're, you're, you're just unifying everybody to be a new being, a central being that everyone's the same, you know? And what does that even, what does that even mean? You're, you're part synthetic, part organic. Like it doesn't I guess because Shepard is part synthetic. Well, he has cybernetics, yes. Cybernetic, yeah. But, but like, but like Joker, or like even in the 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 scene, they have like this glow about them, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, just like okay, you're that's visually there's been a change, but what what does it actually mean? Like, are 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 they mortal still, or are they are immortal? Like those kind of things where it's like it doesn't make much sense what's going on. Um, it's kind of why I take issue with synthesis. It just doesn't make much sense and it kind of comes out of nowhere in in my opinion it does it does kind of come out of nowhere but 
I don't know, I guess I can see it because all of the themes in the game are leading up to synthesis um, for the most part. Like you've got the Geth and the Corian, you've got Joker and Edie, like, um, okay, not all of them, but like a, yeah. a good chunk of the game, even like Legion as a character is about bridging the gap between synthesis or synth synthesized beings and um, organics. See, this is another issue I, I have with the ending is that... Um... To me, the the theme of synthetic versus organic is is dealt with with the Geth and Quarian. You know, um, you give it the Geth new life; they are individuals now, they're true beings, and the core and they, they they come together in peace. So I, part of the issue I have with the ending is that the motivation of the Reapers is very um, dumb. It's illogical, and, and it forces this theme on you again that, you, that you're referencing that has already been dealt with earlier in the game. That's fair. Um, at least that's my viewpoint. Um, uh, basically, what the Reapers are revealed to be is just an AI gone really bad um, and is very stuck in its, its ways of... We need to preserve life, so the only way to preserve life is to stop it at its apex and document it, and then leave room for new life. Mm -hmm. And that's not very interesting. Um, and to me, it's kind of against what the Reapers have portrayed themselves to be, because the um, the Catalyst um, acts as sort of a... Uh, he's more treats you like a child and it's like it's it's for your own good you know we're not doing it maliciously you know is fire being evil when it's just burning you know it's it's doing what it was created to do we're not evil but the reapers are very clear about the joy they take in destroying you like they're yeah, very you harbinger they're or sovereign they're very very um quick to say you know we're gonna kill you you know you'll resist but it won't matter because you're you're gonna be destroyed and that's not the language you would use like they do say like we're you, we are your salvation through destruction i'll give them that but the vernacular of we're going to destroy you is not the same as we have to harvest you to document you and preserve you right it's preserve and destroy are two different things i guess yeah and you don't really see you don't see the reapers protecting any kind of culture exactly they're just they're just downloading genetic code basically um is what you kind of know about them that's pretty much it mm -hmm. um from the end of mass effect 2 well they're... and i guess that's the thing that confuses me is that they're making the human reaper right right but all of the other reapers are based off of leviathan See like this, the, the Leviathan race. Yeah, this is where the the writing kind of takes a step back. Um, what they what they later explain is that um, all Reapers have a human esque Reaper inside of them, right? So, um, say the Asari Reaper would have that like, that looks like, like an Asari. Piloting them? <laughs> no, it's more like that's just like the genetic code. Is, is stored inside that reaper but the outer casing 
is is based on the leviathan okay i never got that yeah and it's it's that's what's implied because because in mass that's what's implied in mass effect 3 and mass effect 2 they they definitely were implying that the reapers are looking for a new form to take at least that's how i always took it they're making a human reaper because they're impressed with what humans have done so they think maybe this is a better form but they kind of retcon that in Mass Effect 3 to say, well, uh, well, you, we do take your genetic code and we make something that looks like you, but we just shove it in a shell so that we don't have to create, you know, a hundred different races of different looking Reapers. Yeah. So that is all. It's one of the, another one of those, like, it kind of feels like they didn't really know where they were going with it or they didn't have enough um, debate about what they were writing. Another big thing that people had a lot of issue with at the end of the game is the Reaper, or sorry, the um, the relays. All of the relays blow up. Are destroyed. Yeah, I was I was not, because that was one of the reasons why, like, okay, I'm not doing destroy. A, because the robots are all going to get destroyed, but also it destroys all the relays. And I don't want that. Well, it's also because of the Arrival DLC. It's, it's, you know, it's very clearly stated that if you destroy a relay, it blows up everything in the star system. Oh, yeah, true. Right? So there's kind of like that um, contradiction of the lore there. That could have been because of the proximity to it, but still. True, true. Yeah, it's, again, it's just like these 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 things that like very quickly you can come up with like, oh, where's my squad? What's going on? How did Anderson get up here before me? Um, why did Harbinger just fly away at the end? Like these yeah, types of things. There was a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, overall, I, I get why people hated it. Like, I, I get it. I, I do. Um, even though personally, myself, I don't think it was the worst ending of a game I've ever played. Um, no. I, I do see the, the issues with it. Um, do you think the extended cut did anything to help with it? I think it helped mostly. I think that um, what I can remember is that like I played it um, from the the run to the beacon, so it explains why well, your where your party member went, which I thought was good, but also weird. It was because, yeah, no, it like it's so dumb. <laughs> well, it, it's it's really kind of. Um, comical to be honest how how out of place it is i mean because it's sorry can i yeah go ahead yeah well it's like okay we gotta make this last final run to the beacon yeah oh no everyone's dead and then shepherd struggles to get there but then it's like oh wait normandy (laughs) here picks up everyone all the way out and it just completely breaks the, the scene mood yeah for sure and and it's also like it's kind of like because for me it's like garrett he he's telling garris to get on the ship because garris got a boo-boo and he's like garris i need to know somebody's getting out of this alive but it, this interaction takes a whole minute and like hello we've got harbinger right there he, why doesn't harbinger just blow this thing out of the sky i don't mm-hmm. understand why they didn't do that scene a little bit earlier like at the very last um 
like brutes attack at the um yeah. at the rocket launcher why not do it there and just or even and, like before the run to the beacon yeah like they they dive in front of shepherd or something happens where they need to take him out of there before the rush because before when you're doing the run it, it breaks the scene entirely i agree mm-hmm. yeah and so then next sorry the next big change was um the star child gives you more explanation mm-hmm. which made the control ending sound better to me um but i still ended up going with synthesis because that was my original choice now, what um, does he say for synthesis? Do you remember very much? Um, he was like, "Oh, they're gonna be combined and stuff." I really don't remember. Okay. Do you? Well, no, I didn't. I didn't have synthesis as an option, so oh, I, didn't, I didn't okay. get that. Yeah. Um, I think he's basically like, I'm trying to remember now. I think it's, it's more of okay. Well, they're gonna be one now. Yeah. And I can't remember what else. I it mentions that the the mass effect relays would be damaged but not destroyed. Um so yes. I ended up yeah. yeah. So I went for synthesis again and then it gives the expanded ending of um seeing the the husk and the soldier kind of looking at each other and um sorry what just that just that image of of a husk like like becoming with synthesis like it doesn't make any sense no to me it's just like well the husk the husk what sentience does the husk have because the husk is just a like a, beast. a husk yeah it's just a husk of what a human used to be so how is it like like why would it stop attacking? Hmm. I don't know. Like that just kind of just it's, in my mind, it makes no sense. <laughs> it seems to me like it was more about giving a realization of like and respect, kind of of the different things they they like understanding. Hmm. It's a way of having the machines. That's what it explains. The machines understand. Synth- the machines understand organics and organics can understand synthetics. That's the way that it was posed. I see. Of synthetics can never understand organics because um, I can't remember the reason that they gave and then organics can never understand synthetics because they don't they can't process that. Um, but this is a way of making them understand each other. And so that's why everyone stops. Hmm. And I think that's that's the choice that my shepherd would have made. That's fair enough. That's fair enough for sure. And you get to see like the Geth and the Koreans working together on their planet. Um and the Reapers are helping to rebuild London. Um and stuff like that. And it's it's interesting. And uh, then when Normandy still crashes on that planet. Um, but it actually makes sense this time. And you see like Joker and Eve Eater together and um, all that stuff. And, and then there's a scene where 
Shepard's plaque gets put on the wall, which I think is actually good. I think that's um, a little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. And then, like, your love interest, so it would have been Tally or Liara for me. And then she, like, hugs Edie. Just to kind of, like, <laughs> bring it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think that... I don't know. I found it was a an interesting ending. I liked the expanded upon. And it's yeah. I I agree. I <clears throat> I think if the game had had come out with the sorry, if the game had come out with um the the post credits like um monologue with the the slides. Or scenes of like, oh, here's Tuchanka, here's Ranok, you know, in different ways. I think it would have been better received, giving you a bit more impact with your choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have been better, for sure. Like in the original one? In the original, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, that, I think, makes it more a more complete kind of ending. Um like in, the in, game's always been about showing you the impact of your choices. Yeah, exactly. And and your ending, Edie has the um, the monologue, and the destroy ending, it's Hackett, and the control ending, it's actually Shepard. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's interesting. Now it's interesting to note, Graham, that Shepard can actually survive the game. I um, heard this. If you do the rejecting ending, no. Um, he only survives if you have a high enough war asset level and you choose destroy. Okay. Um, uh, so this kind of leads into, and I know we're almost at two hours. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know if you've, if you've heard about this, if you've read about it, I would encourage you to, to do some research if you are interested in, there was something back when the game called it came out called the indoctrination theory. And I don't know if you you heard of that. No. Okay. So basically this was a theory posed by fans before the extended cut DLC came out that um, the ending of the game is not actually real. Um, Okay. That it's more uh, the Reaper's last attempt to indoctrinate Shepard to uh, their side. And uh, there's numerous pieces of evidence um, for this. The biggest ones being the dream sequences throughout the game. Um, okay. Because they match, um, they match the def- or the description of indoctrination by the ra- uh, the Rachni, like to a T, basically. Oh. Um, there's also um, the way the elusive man uh, interacts with you. Um, the, the the flip with um, control being paragon the um, destroy being renegade like the colors schemes kind of swapped almost really that they don't make sense where they are um, other other pieces of information um, that kind of lead players to believe well maybe maybe this isn't like the real ending I could see that. Um, and actually, there's there's lots of great videos on it, so I would suggest looking into it. Um, and me personally, like I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it because it's been a few years since I read into it all. Um, I personally believe that was probably the case. Um, you know, the fact Anderson gets ahead of you, um, the fact that that doesn't make any sense because there's no other way for Anderson to 
other path for Anderson to go except the way you're you're you know you're going um the fact yeah. that he was behind you the fact all these like the crew's not there all these things that really don't make any sense i i personally have a feeling that that's where they were going with it that they were going to to finish i don't know if they were going to do more with the ending and they ran out of time or they were thinking we'll throw dlc in later but i think they were definitely going for shepherds indoctrinated at the end and further to that point the only reason that shepherds alive because of destroy is because um the, the image of him being alive is just the n7 chest plate breathing and and you don't only see a little bit around him you see like rubble and concrete and it's kind of supposed that that's supposed to be still on earth um because that wouldn't make any sense for it to be on the citadel where you know it's more metallic or whatnot so that's people are, are supposing that the only way to beat the indoctrination is to you know destroy choose destroy in the dream sequence if you will and then you'll be awoken and that's what the secret secret ending is type thing hmm. so um that was uh, one of the big theories back when the game first came out um about what what was really going on with the ending um so again my personally feel like that was true um but after that came out they kind of and and the whole controversy i think they took a step back and said well we'll just put together the extended cut dlc and 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 be done with it so um it's a very interesting which is also possible which which is possible you know there's there's no way really to know um unfortunately um again this is all hearsay like one of the game's main writers said that um, the last, the ending was not peer-reviewed as other scenes were. It was a few people in a room banging on a script and that was it. So things were done differently. So lots of weird things happened, you know, during the development. There was a lot of talk about, you know, was it rushed by EA to come out, you know, soon enough type thing. Um, so there's lots of different things that people talk about when they talk about the ending of the game. But I think it's one of the more interesting ones. Um it's fun to talk about to me. It's fun to think about, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of too bad that Mass Effect Three ended up really being remembered by this. Mm-hmm. Because um, there's a lot of other good things about it. Yeah, again, I think like ninety percent of the game is is you know ten to the ten like amazing. Like it's my favorite game of the series despite the issues. Um, so yeah, it's it's too bad. This is kind of what it's remembered for. Um, but yeah, all in all, I, I, it's a, it's a solid, solid, solid game. Um, overall, it's a, it's a great trilogy. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm glad we, we played through it. It was good to do it once more and yeah. Any, any other comments, Graham, any other questions? Well, I was glad that I was able to play through it. Like, I definitely wouldn't have played through it if you hadn't, like, suggested it. Oh, good. Because, like, I've tried to play Bioware games in the past, and it just hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Well, even, like, I tried to play Mass Effect 2, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Um, But, no, this one I really... Like, this... I'd probably put it above Mass Effect 2 right now. Yeah. and, and um, Yeah. Because as much as I loved the character development in Mass Effect 2 um, 
I really liked how this one had both character development through like the the little conversations on the ship um and also had like a solid like pacing and story because mm-hmm. the, the second one I started to get a little bit bored mm-hmm. toward mm-hmm. the end um they actually felt like th- there was the fact that this was a culmination of all of the things yeah. it's a finale yeah for sure exactly it's a finale and it you can't discount what came before it yeah but you also have to accept it for where it is at yeah for sure yeah again just just the scope of of the game just all that they did with it um the the variations it's just um it's 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 something to be really appreciated and even you know six years later i think it stands up very well um with games coming out today um so i mean i think we Mm -hmm. do plan to to play andromeda at some point um later this year probably Mm -hmm. um and we'll definitely review that but um you know definitely hats off to everybody who worked in this game it's my favorite trilogy of all time um up there for my favorite games of all time um has had huge impact on me certainly so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so thanks for playing graham oh thanks for recommending it Uh, glad to play yeah now graham i know we're over we're over two hours now yes our longest episode ever should we uh should we let them know what what's coming up next oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's we're doing something a little different Mm-hmm. Over yeah. it. So we are going to be doing um, the next couple of weeks uh, what we are going to call the Summer of Nintendo. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be playing um, all Nintendo games uh, for the next uh, two months. So uh, the next four episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Starting with Super Mario Galaxy, which we're playing right now. Yep. So that's going to come out near the end of July. Um, so after this episode, then we'll be going on to Detective Pikachu, um, which is new this year. It'll be the first time we play a game from this calendar year, which is exciting. Um, and then we'll be replaying, because we both played it before, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which I've been meaning to do for a while, um, which will be fun. And then we're going to, those will come out in August. Those two will come out in August. And then we're going to wrap it up, uh, in early September. Uh, with Pokemon Omega Red, oh, Omega Red. I'm so sorry. Omega Ruby. Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, uh, which I have played, um, and Graham has not played. Although I have played yeah. both Rubies yes. and Sapphire. Yes. So he's coming in from the, because I think you said third gen was like your first gen for you, basically, mm-hmm. right? So this will be interesting. And uh, personally, spoiler alert, they are, I think, the best pokemon games out there um Mm -hmm. as far as just overall game so we'll talk about that later yeah but that'll come out early september and then uh uh yeah so that's the summer of nintendo so please uh stay tuned uh subscribe to your local podcast provider um like us on facebook give us a give us a comment tell your friends um for sure we appreciate uh new people coming along listening it's very encouraging to hear people say hey love the episode definitely gonna listen to more um so yeah we do appreciate any and all feedback so Mm -hmm. 
yeah thanks everybody for listening thank you graham and uh this is gonna be a fun one to edit i can i can feel it in my bones <laughs> i don't think i'll need to take anything out hopefully so hopefully not but yeah no <laughs> uh wow it's a long one I'm, I'm happy with it same all right good night everybody good night